You sense that? Hallelujah. There's nothing like the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Open your Bibles with me to the Gospel of Mark, if you would, chapter 12. And as you're turning there, our core kids are dismissed to their classes. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 12. Hmm. Praise the name of the Lord. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verse 41. When you got it, say so. And it says, Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which was a quadrants. So she called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. God, thank you so much for your word this morning. Thank you so much for marking this service, marking this day with your presence in such a profound way. We thank you because no matter what this year has been like, you've marked us this morning. You've reminded us that you are a miracle working God. You've reminded us that your kingdom changes things. You've reminded us, Lord, that we are your children in your hands and that you're with us, God. And so, Lord, we are grateful for that, and we don't want to ignore that reality. And we pray this morning, Lord God, that in that same thought, that as we look into your word today, that our hearts would be changed, that you would speak to us clearly, that we would respond to you faithfully, and that you would be glorified in us fully. God, we thank you for the truth of your word. Give us ears to hear what you're saying to your church. In Jesus' good name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. If you don't have an outline, just raise your hand, and the ushers will be sure to get you an outline. I want to be able to make sure that you can follow along. With me in the introduction of the sermon. Uh, additionally, I want to be sure that you're able to answer some questions that are there. They are introspective questions meant for you to be able to look at what you feel or what you sense that the Lord is speaking to you. And additionally, um, how you're going to respond to that. It's important that we don't just hear what God is saying, but that we respond to it. And then, as always, I encourage you because we are called to make disciples. We're called to be disciple makers right we're not just called to come to church and experience wonderful worship was that not awesome can we give the Lord a hand I mean that's just beautiful um, but what, what I what, what my hope is that you want to share that with other people 
right? My hope is that you want to bring other people into that encounter with the Lord. And so one way that you do that is by talking with them about the Word of God, talking to them about Jesus and introducing them to him and the scriptures. And one thing that you can do is you can utilize this as a tool to sit down with someone and help them grow in their faith so that way their hunger can grow as their knowledge for God grows. And so I highly encourage you to do that. Uh, today, for those of you that have been following along in our Bible reading challenge, today is day three. 65 of this year. Amen. So it is the last day of the year. Uh, I wish I could tell you just jump right in right now. I mean, you can do that. You can read chapter 22 of the book of Revelation and be all good. Um, you'll get some edification, but I doubt in one day you'll read the whole Bible. You could do that. Like if you just went straight on and just, you know, it'd be tough. But nonetheless, you could do that if you want to today. But all that said, today is the last day of the year and you should be wrapped up, right, with your Bible reading challenge. We did start in the beginning of the year reading in Genesis. And so can we just um, give a hand to those who have completed it, um, even those who started didn't complete. I mean, I know that it's it's tough sometimes, and so in the new year, my challenge is going to be a slightly different. So we're not going to do a full-on reading through Genesis to Revelation this year coming up. What I'm going to do is I'm going to challenge you to read one Psalm a day, read one proverb a day, and then read one chapter in the Old Testament, one chapter in the New Testament. And so the idea is you would read um, a Psalm and then have a time of prayer, and then after that time of prayer, that you would would read a proverb and hopefully grab at least one of those proverbs that you read in that chapter and then you'll be able to kind of chew on that throughout the day and then take a um one chapter in the Old Testament, so you start in Genesis, and then you read one chapter there, and then read one chapter in the book of Matthew, and then you'll move on from Genesis to Exodus, you read one chapter in Exodus, and then, you know, as you read through Genesis, and you'll walk like that. And so, again, you may not be at all the books are not going to fall directly into place, but the idea is that you'll be able to get some Old Testament, some New Testament, have good time of devotion. So my prayer for this year is that you will really, really grow in your devotional time with the Lord, and that it becomes something that's deeper um, than just... What, what maybe it has been for some of you, you got deep devotional times, amen, praise the Lord. Um, for the rest of us, it's not so easy or, you know, it's not something that we're disciplined in. So that is my encouragement for this year. I'll continue to remind you of those things um, so to make sure that you are hopefully following along with that. So that's my challenge. But we are in the last, um, the last sermon in the series in the Gospel of Mark. And so we're going to deal, we're, we're going to close here in chapter 12. Uh, we could have continued on, but, you know, do, by the end of the year, I just kind of prayed through it and just felt like this is a good place for us to and looking at the life of this uh, widow who is a great example to us. And I'm going to talk about significant givers. That's what we're going to talk about today, significant givers. And so if you look at your outline, first paragraph there, giving is one of the most important topics to discuss as believers seeking to become more like Jesus as it reveals more about our character than almost any other one thing we do. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart is. That's in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 20. And so when we talk about the topic of giving, a lot of times it becomes uncomfortable. Uh, you know, some people don't want to hear about giving and things of that nature. Some people don't want to talk about giving. And personally, I don't care. I mean, I'll talk about giving. It doesn't really make a difference to me. I'm probably not going to do a whole series on giving unless the Lord leads me into that. But as the scriptures lead us into those topics, then we deal with them no matter what, you know, we like or what we feel, but it becomes an uncomfortable topic. You know, it's almost like sometimes people feel like when they're sitting in church and the pastor gets up and talks about giving, you know, maybe he's trying to get in your pocket, trying to make you give more. Listen, I just want you to be obedient to Jesus. Amen. You know, I don't know about you, but I've had plenty of conversations with people that the reason they don't come to church because all they talk about is giving. Hello. And I would say that's probably all you hear. 
Because I've been in those same churches. They say, all they talk about is giving. I'm like, no, they talk about a lot more than giving. But all you hear is giving, and so you don't want to hear about that. And you know why we have issues with giving in our hearts? I'm going to tell you why we have issues with giving in our hearts. It's not because of our budget issues. It's not because of those things. It's because we have an encounter issue. It's about an encounter with Jesus. It's about encountering him. It's about, it's about recognizing what he did. Because when you have encountered him, and when you have really understood the gospel, and when you have really embraced that truth, you know what happens to you? You want to be a giver. Now listen, you may not be able to give as much as you want to give. Hello? Right? You may not have the, the, the financial ability to give as much as you want to give, but this is a heart condition that we have to check. And we have to look at what the scriptures say. And Jesus said clearly, where your treasure is, there your heart is. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. So what was Jesus saying? Jesus says, look, you want to know where someone's heart is? Look at where their money is. Look at where their money's going. And so I would challenge you to do that just for a moment. Just, you know, just think back throughout this whole year, 2017, and look at where your money has gone, right? Think about where your money's going. Think about where your leisure, you know, that leisure money is. Because, you know, all of us, you know, we, most of us anyway, you know, we go to the movies, right? We, we go out to eat dinner. You know, we might buy a new outfit or something like that. Uh, you know, might buy a new vehicle maybe. I don't know. You know, things of that nature may occur. You know, none of those things are bad things. Amen? Someone say amen. I know those things are bad things. I, I'm not saying that. But here's my question. When you look at all of those things, right, that you spent your money on, that you put your money in, where would you compare the money that you put into the kingdom? Where is that comparison to where you put into the kingdom, what you put into the kingdom, what you have sown into the kingdom of God? And so that tells me and will tell you, and I'm not asking you to tell me that. I'm asking you to look at that and consider that because if you are saying, man, I really am grateful to what Jesus has done, then I guess that there should be some giving that aligns with that. Amen? Jesus would say that, right? Like, not just me. That's what Jesus would say. And so we look at this widow as an example. And so second paragraph here, as we come to the close of the year and our Jesus Impact series, we will look at an example of significant giving since Jesus, who was the servant king in Mark, exemplifies what it really means to be a significant giver. And so again, we're looking at this widow as an example. She's a great example for us to look at as far as how we're supposed to give with the heart that we're supposed to give. And we realize as we walk through the beginning of, of Mark and we looked at who Jesus was in this, in this gospel, who he's being depicted as, he's being depicted as the servant king. But it, as a servant king, what does a servant do? A servant gives. And so he is this example, and we see exemplified in this widow, but he's the example of giving, of being a significant giver. Jesus didn't just come to give some things. He didn't just come to give us instructions. He didn't just come to be an example for us on how to live out the truths of the Bible. He came to give his life as a ransom for our salvation. That is significant giving. Amen. That is the most, he is the most significant giver of all givers because he gives what no one else could give. We could not save ourselves, therefore he comes and does for us what we could never do. He dies in our place, he gives everything, he leaves himself, right? I often say he divests himself of glory, comes down to this earth, puts on flesh, and does what? Lives a life that he did not have to live, but he chose to live. And he does that because he wants to give his creation the opportunity to experience salvation. He wants us, to, and that is the motivation behind all of our giving. The reason why we give is not because there's a mandate, not because there's a commandment. It is because we are grateful to what God has done for us. That's the motivation for all of our giving. That has to be the reason why we give. If it's not, then we're giving for the wrong reasons. And so we must seek, last paragraph here, 
We must seek to follow the example of this widow who gave in a manner, now listen to this, that was significant in God's eyes, yet insignificant in the eyes of men. Our heart's desire must be to give our all to the one who gave his all for us. Can you say amen to that? That should be our motivation, but I want you to realize that this widow gave something that was insignificant by the standards of men, yet very significant by the standards of God. And so here's the big idea that I have for you today. Our greatest impact upon the culture will come through our giving. Our greatest impact upon the culture will come through our giving. Now, I want, you to, I want you to get this in context. In context, when we're talking about giving, we are talking about financial. We're talking about treasure. But whenever I talk about giving, I'm always going to speak about three things, and that is time, that is talent, and treasure. In other words, we're not just giving treasure. We're not just giving money. That is part of it. And I want you to know that some of you, including myself, I could never give enough money in order for me to make such a substantial impact in the culture. But what I can do is I can give of my life. I can give my time. I can give my talent. I can give those things that God has given me, and that is what is going to enable me to make the greatest impact. Remember, when we started this series, it was about what? It's about Jesus' impact upon his culture and about us imitating him and impacting our culture. And so if you want to make the greatest impact upon the culture, then you have to commit to being a significant giver. Amen. You and I have to commit to being significant in our giving in a way that is significant before God's eyes. And so the first thing I want to ask you to repeat after me is this, that God pays attention to all giving, but recognizes significant givers. God pays attention to all giving, but recognizes significant givers. This is a principle that we find throughout the scriptures, but here's what I want to look at. If we look at verse 41, it says, Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many, and many who were rich put in much. And so what was the treasury, right? I was going to bring a picture. I didn't, bring, I, I didn't get a picture for the guys to put up there. But basically the treasury, you know, we're, we're talking about different areas in the temple. And so the way that the temple is built, obviously we know that there is the Holy of Holies where only the priests go in that one time a year. Then there is this other, the, 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 holy, the holy area, and that's where the priests go in. They do sacrifices there on, on a daily basis, things like that. But then... From that point, outside of there, there is a place called the woman's court. And the reason why they call that is obviously because there were only male priests. And so only the males went up. But they had the woman's court. But in this woman's court, this is a general area. And so in that area, they had 13 different boxes, right, that were there. There were offering boxes, basically. And they were for different needs. They had different significance. And so if you wanted to give towards this particular thing, you would go to that box. You would give there. And so what Jesus is doing is he's sitting there and he's watching the people give. He's watching everyone is there giving, right? So as they're giving, he notices this one person in particular. But here's the deal. He's watching them. And as I was looking at that, I noticed something. And I was like, man, this is, this is picture, picturesque of what? Of the reality that God is paying attention to all of our giving. Are you here? See, the same way that Jesus was sitting there and he was looking at everyone giving, so God is sitting in his throne looking to see us giving. And listen, it doesn't matter where you give. It doesn't matter if you give online. I'm grateful that some of you, you give electronically and praise God that you're able to do it that way because I know, and, and especially in our days, you know, people forget their checkbooks all the time, things like that. I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've forgotten our check and my wife's like, I wrote it and I'm like, okay, well, you know, you know a good thing I work here so I can come and I can put it in whenever. But at the end of the day, right, you know, I'm grateful for that. But 
But God pays attention to that. He pays attention to your giving. He pays attention to everything that we're doing. He's watching. He's looking at us. And so when I say that he pays attention to all giving but recognizes significant givers, we should look at the scriptures for this because we see here that he recognizes, he's looking at everybody giving, but he's recognizing a significant giver. When you look at your Bible, you look, you look in the book of Acts, right? The book of Acts is a guy by the name of Cornelius. And you remember this guy by the name of Cornelius, he was not a Jew. He was a Gentile, meaning that he was not a person of covenant. And yet, when the angel visited him before Peter came and spoke to him, what does the Bible say? God God has remembered, he has recognized your giving. He noticed his giving. He took note of his giving. You back up a little bit in the book of Acts, you'll notice that around chapter 4, at the end of chapter 4, this guy by the name of Jose or Jose, however you want to call it, it just depends on you. Um, and then, but his name was ch changed to Barnabas. The scripture says that he sold all of his property, and he, or he sold a piece of property that he had, and he gave all of the proceeds to the apostles. And the scripture said the guy's name was changed from, you know, Jose or whatever, to the son of encouragement, Barnabas, and he was recognized as being a giver. But then you look at chapter 5, there was somebody else that was there. There, there was a couple. They were Ananias and Sapphira. You remember them? Ananias and Sapphira, you remember them because what? Because they both died. Why did they die? Because their giving was wrong. Because their heart was wrong in their giving. God is paying attention to all of our giving. He's looking at everything. And listen, I don't care how old you are, how young you are, every one of us, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, every one of us has a means by which we can give. Hear me. Listen, you may only get paid like once a month or once a year. You can still give. Hello, somebody. Right? You, 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 you have an ability to give, right? There, there is an ability to do that the same way that this widow had the ability to give. Here's the thing we got to notice. So significant givers aren't looking for recognition for their giving, but are looking to honor God in their giving. Amen? They're not, they're not looking. See, when Jesus was looking around, he saw, and obviously everybody was able to see this because it wasn't like Jesus had a bird's eye view. He had his disciples with him. Everybody could see what was given. See, it's not like here. Like right now, in a couple of minutes, Pastor Aldo will come up here when I finish preaching. He'll say, hey, if anybody would like to give, you know, today, uh, you, you need an envelope, just raise your hand. Listen, you could be real spiritual today. You could be real spiritual every week, and you could ask for an envelope, and no one would ever know that you didn't put anything in it. Hello. You just be like, hey, I need an envelope, right? Just like every week, like you get real excited about the envelope. You could take that envelope. You could lick the envelope. You could write something on the envelope. And until that envelope is open, nobody would even know that there was anything in there, but you look real spiritual. Hello. All right. So in those days, they didn't have envelopes, they didn't have baskets, they didn't have, uh, they didn't have internet, right? You couldn't just give online or just be like, yeah, I give online, you don't give online. I'm just saying, like, they couldn't do any of that stuff, right? Like, the, the reality was there was a place where people came to give. You know, when, when the apostles, they brought the giving to the people's feet. And so, you know, or the people brought the gifts to the apostles' feet. And so ultimately, they had this thing where everybody was going. And, the, and, and there was a group of people there, the wealthy people there. They wanted to be noticed for their giving. They weren't concerned with honoring God with their giving. They were concerned with being recognized for their giving. And God doesn't recognize that kind of giving. In all that we do, we must recognize that God is watching and will reward us accordingly. Amen? Right? So if I were to sit here and say, you know what, God is watching you while you're surfing the Internet, you'd be like, yeah, he is. Right? God is watching you while you're on your phone and you're looking at things maybe that you shouldn't be or posting things. Hello, somebody. Maybe that you shouldn't be, Right? Right? So you would be like, yeah, God is watching. Let me ask you a question. Do you think God is watching your giving? He's watching our giving. He's going to, he, listen, we're going to give an account for everything that we do or that we don't do. And so ultimately, we have to look at it that way. Second thing I ask you to repeat after me is this. Say, significant giving is determined 
by our motivation. Significant giving is determined by our motivation. Notice verse 42. It says, then one poor widow. So notice, end of verse 41, and many who were rich put in much. There was plenty of rich people. They were putting in a lot. God is not condemning people for putting in a lot in the plate. Somebody say amen to that. Say it loudly. Amen. Amen. Put a lot in the plate. Amen. Glory to God, right? He's, listen, he is not condemning putting a lot in the plate. Go ahead. Listen, fill it to the overflows, right? Like write as many zeros as you can on the end of your check. I'm just saying, like he's not condemning that. That's not what's happening. What he is doing is he is making a transition, and he is pointing out here about something that happens. Then one poor widow, verse 32, um, 42, came and threw in two mites, which was a quadrant. So notice the transition. And so this story that, that we're looking at here is found in Mark. It's also found in Luke and points out the fact that giving isn't about our ability to give, but our willingness to give. Giving is not about our ability to give. So here's the thing. It's not about how many zeros you can write in the check. That's not what it's about, right? What it is about, it's about your willingness to give because here's the deal. You may be able to write more zeros than someone else, and, and if you're not willing to do it, then guess what? Your giving's insignificant. Let me say that again. You may be able to write more zeros than someone else, and if you're not willing to do it, your giving is insignificant. For example, if you can write a $1,000 check and, and, you, and you're capable and it's not going to affect you in any way, shape, or form when you're giving and you just decide every week you're going to come give $100, let me ask you a question. Is that significant in God's eyes? Listen now. This just, I, I'm casually just going to give this just because I can. That's what Jesus was pointing out here, the difference. And this woman, she comes and she does what? She gives two mites. Two mites is less than, in value today is less than a penny. Are you here? Now, now, now think about this, right? Whenever, whenever somebody celebrates someone giving, I mean, as a matter of fact, like if, if, you, if you're part of a building project, you know, you ever seen those building projects where you're going to get like a plaque or something like that or like a, a stone that has your name on it or something, right? You don't get that for a penny, do you? Right? You don't get that for like a hundred bucks. Typically, it's like a thousand dollars. You know, if you're gonna get one of those, like you know, you're going and you're, you're at a banquet and you're gonna get a table, right? Like they have certain tables, right? They don't have the penny table. Right, I'm, right? They, they, they celebrate the big donors. Hello, somebody, right? That, that, that's what they do. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. My point is, right, when you look at this story here, Jesus wasn't celebrating the big donors. He was celebrating the lady that gave less than a penny. The one that you and I are talking about is the lady who gave less than a penny. When it, when, what, what he does is he goes ahead and he makes this comparison because he's speaking to Romans. And Romans wouldn't necessarily understood the might. They would have understood the quadrant, right? And so the quadrant was like 164th of a day's wages, which is nothing, right? 164th of a day's wage. So they're like, man, this is, I mean, this is so insignificant. And yet Jesus pauses and said, look, I was looking at all these people. Guys, I want you to look at her. I want you to look at this one here. I want you to look at her because she is giving in a significant way. Here's the thing that's the issue with us. Too many of us believe we have nothing to offer because we can't offer what everyone else can, be it in our talents, time, or in our treasure. Are you here? 
See, what happens to us many times that we'll come to church, and if we're looking at things from a talent perspective, we'll look up here and you'll be like, oh, man, you see Anthony over here on the guitar singing beautiful voice. See Joel over here playing keys, singing beautiful voice. You see the ladies up here singing beautiful voice. You see the drummer drumming. I mean, amazing talent. You see all of this, and you're like, man, I, I don't have anything to offer, you know. You see your, 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 your bishop up here preaching, amazing preacher. I'm just kidding. Um, just kidding. <laughs> But, you, you know, you, you see all of these different talents, right, these different abilities, and you're like, well, I have nothing to offer. Not true. Not true. What do you have to offer? God doesn't want you to offer what I can offer. He wants you to offer what you can offer. That's what he wants when it comes to talent. The same thing with time. You know, we look at ourselves like, man, I don't have any time. Wait a second. Everybody's got some time. Everybody can. You may not be able to offer three, four, five, six hours. Can you offer one hour? to the work of the Lord? Can you offer an hour to the kingdom of God? Can you offer a couple of hours a day? Can you offer a few hours a week? That's what God is interested in. He wants us to offer what it is that he has given us. He, he's given us some things and he wants to make sure that we are being faithful with that. And it comes to the same thing with finances. See, some of us in here, because you can't write more than one zero, you may not even be able to write a zero. Hello, somebody. Right? And you think, man, all I can give is $5. Well, hey, hold on a second. Is that significant? Listen, $5 is not going to pay the mortgage, but $5 matters to God. Are you here? I need you to get that, right? It, it, it may not be the thing that's going to overflow in some area, but in heaven, it matters. In heaven, it matters. And that is what we talk about when we're talking about the determination of, of, of our giving, the significance of our giving being determined by our motivation. See, here's the beauty of working with God. It is that when we are willing to give to God, God will always give us so we can be, or God will always make our giving significant. Are you here? When you are willing to give to God, he will make your giving significant. It's simply up to us to say, okay, God, this is something that I want to do. The third thing that, 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 that I ask you to repeat after me is this. Say, the significance of our giving is measured by the quantity. The significance of our giving is measured by the quantity. Now, that may sound contradictory to what I just said. It's not. I'm going to explain this in a moment. But I want you to notice something before we dig into that. Look at this in verse 43. Or actually, I just want you to notice in verse 42. Verse 42, look what he says. It says, and a poor widow, say a poor widow. A poor widow came and threw in two mites, which makes a quadrant. Now, look at this. I want you to notice Jesus' next action because he responded to what he saw in this woman. The next thing he says, so he called his disciples to himself and he said to them, this widow should not have given. Is that what he said? Why does that matter? Because you got a lot of people today that have issues with giving, especially with tithing, right? They have issues with that. And you know what their first thing they jump to? Well, what about the widows? What about the poor? Hold on a second, time out. So you're saying you're more compassionate than Jesus. Because when Jesus saw this woman give, what did he do? He applauded her. That's what he did. He didn't say, hey, you shouldn't give because you don't have to give. You know what it means when it says that she gave everything, her livelihood? It literally means that she gave up the money for her next meal. Get that. She gave up the money for her next meal, and Jesus didn't run over and say, hey, don't do that. You got to eat. Hold on a second. Doesn't Jesus love her? Absolutely he loves her. And you know who's going to provide for that next meal? God himself. And this woman was trusting in his ability to do that. And so Jesus applauds that kind of faith. That's what he does. That's what Jesus does. Not me. That's Jesus. That's what he does. 
This woman goes and she gives everything. Everybody else, they were giving out of their abundance, right? So they were like, oh, there's some ballers in the house. That's what they were saying. That's what Jesus was saying right there. He said, no, there's, there, there's some people that they're doing well, and they're good to go. And, you know, they can throw in all the, and, and they're, they're fine. He's like, okay, but this one, now look what Jesus says about her. He says, assuredly, I say to you, this poor widow, look, he acknowledges she's poor. He knows this. He sees this. This poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Listen. The significance of our giving is measured by the quantity. Jesus is showing his disciples that this woman was giving and her quantity was measured, but it was proportionate. This is what I mean by quantity. It's proportionate. You see, there's some in here, right? There's like three different people in the room all the time, right? When you talk about giving, there's the person who is like the tither. Like you are the person, 10% belongs to the Lord. You know, depending on how you were raised up, like that's the, that's, I mean, that is who you are. Amen. I stand with you, right? Like, I, I, I'm a firm believer. Like, there's no question in my heart. I can go. I've studied this out. I've dug it in the scriptures, right? And so there's principles predating the law, right? Jacob came up with 10%. Like, you know, where did he come up with this number? Like, that's just something that should happen. The law gives us some standards, some principles. But I believe that tithing is a principle that should be practiced, right? So for some of you, that's where we are. Amen. But can I tell you something? I have grown from that place where I don't let 10% limit me. Are you here? I'm not satisfied. You can ask my wife. She can attest to this. We sat down, I think it was in November, and we did our budget. And as we were doing our budget, I said, babe, listen, I want us to give more next year. That's what I told her. I said, I want us to go above beyond what we have been giving. And that is my prayer and my hope every year that we can give more because it's not. 10% for me is a basement. Are you here? It's, it's the lowest place of giving. I'm not going to be limited, and I'm not going to feel like, well, hey, I gave my 10%. Listen, there's some weeks, some months, or whatever the case is, 10% is about where it's going to go because I can't go anywhere else. But here's the thing. Some of you, you're in that place. Listen, continue to be faithful. Amen. Continue to grow in the grace of giving. And then there's another group of people over here. And you're like, man, I don't believe that tithing is for New Testament believers. You can't show me that in New Covenant. And you're right. I can't show you that in New Covenant. Anyway, we can study that later on. But here's the thing. Here's my question for you. What are you purposing in your heart to give? Because this is what your New Testament principle is. It's on our envelope, and I think, I, I didn't look at it, but I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. If you look on the envelope, it says this. It says, so let each one give as he purposes. Say purposes. Purposes in his heart. And so in other words, each one is to give according to proportion, right, and purpose. And so here's that other person. Over here, you don't believe in tithing, whatever. Here's the thing. What are you giving? What are you purposing in your heart? Are you just throwing God some kind of tip? Hello, somebody. Because some of you tip your waitress is better than you give to God. I'm just saying. Like some of us were like, oh, she gave good service. We're going to give her 20%. Amen. What do you give God again? I'm just saying. I mean, if you, if you, if you anyway, you got that, right? We'll leave it right there. And then there is that third person, right? That third person. I said there are three, right? And there's that third person that doesn't, they're not really sure. I hope this helps you. I hope that you purpose in your heart. You're not, you're not 100% sure. It's tithing. Listen, here's what I know. What I know is this, is that I serve a God who is faithful. Got like two amens. That's terrible. 
You serve the same God, I hope, right? If you serve Jesus, you serve a God who's faithful. Talking about money gets quiet in church. You think as you say amen, you got to give. Listen, God sees everything, whether you say amen or not. You just, just sound spiritual. Be like, amen, get excited. Even if you don't give, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, don't lie. But, but here, here's, here's, here's the thing, right? Like we have to be those kind of people that are looking at our giving from the, from, from the perspective of being proportionate. So what do we learn from this story here? First of all, everyone has a means to give and should do so sacrificially, right? That's what we see clearly. This woman gave out of her poverty. She gave out of her lack. She didn't give out of her abundance, right? That's how she gave. Our giving should be proportionate to what we have been given by God. And listen to this. God expects nothing more and he accepts nothing less. Let me say that again. Our giving should be proportionate to what we have been given. God expects nothing. Listen, he expects nothing more from you, but he accepts nothing less. Jesus was asked a question, was he not, about, about paying taxes. And what did he say? He said, oh, give me this coin. He said, whose inscriptions are? And he said, Caesar. And what, did, what was his answer? He said, give. I'm sorry, y'all, y'all, y'all got it. Y'all, y'all know this. Y'all, y'all know. We're going to close the service right now. Forget it. We're done. Right? That's good stuff. So give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God's. Listen, for my tithers, what is God's? For my non-tithers, what is God's? Because guess what? The principle remains true no matter where you stand on it. Something belongs to God, and we know this. All of it belongs to God, but in the area of giving, what is his? What is his? What does he require? And he requires it to be proportionate to what he has given us. Listen, he didn't expect me to give more than what I can but he accepts nothing less than what he's given me. Are you here? That's it. Third thing is this. Our giving must be connected to our life to truly be significant. Listen, how many of you want to be significant givers? How many of you want to be significant givers? Seriously. Listen, if you want to be a significant giver, then your giving has to be connected to your life. Listen, I don't care if you write checks. I don't care if you put it on auto draft. What I am saying is that you need to make sure that you have prayed about, that you have thought over, that you're praying about your giving, that your giving is connected to your life. Because listen to me, Jesus doesn't want a check. He doesn't want bills. He doesn't want you to send some kind of draft. He wants your heart. He wants your life. All of that other stuff, I use this in the beginning, this illustration. But here's the thing. There was Roman soldiers. They were being converted to Christianity. And, and because they were, they, they were soldiers, they had swords. And what, and what would happen with them is that they would be baptized. But when they were baptized, they would keep their sword out of the water. Because they were being baptized. They were committing their life to Christ. But this sword was committed to Rome. It was committed to war the way they were supposed to be. And can I tell you something? Some Christians are like that with their wallet. It's just a reality. God, I give you my heart, I give you my life, but I'm holding my wallet right here. I'm going to do what I want to do with my money. No, no, no. It is not your money. It is all his. He's provided it to us. And so we need to have the right mindset. It has to be connected to our lives. Listen, this poor widow was moved to give it off by something greater than her lack. Listen, she had lack. She was a poor. She wasn't a rich widow. Hello, somebody. She wasn't a woman that somebody died and left her an inheritance. This wasn't, that wasn't the type of widow this was. This was a poor widow who was depending upon her income that she had minimal of to eat, to sustain herself. And the scripture says that she gave it all. That's what it says. And so the question for us is, are we giving it all? Jesus gave us all for us. And when Whenever we give sacrificially, it should be for the sake of the gospel and for the glory of God. 
Whenever we give, whenever we're giving, our giving should be for his glory. It should be for the sake of the gospel. And let me tell you why giving is such an important thing. And I've learned this in many ways. And another day I'll tell you all the stories that I have. But this giving shows that we trust God. You see, when this widow gave the way that she did, she didn't, she, didn't, she didn't know for sure where her next meal was coming from. But when she gave the way she did, she showed, I trust you, God. I trust you, God. And so as we close out our year, the question is this. Are you or have you been committed to being a significant giver? Are you committed to being a significant giver? If not, why not? If you're not you know what? If you look back on 2017 like, man, I haven't been a significant giver. Listen, and, and I hope, I hope, I hope. That you, won't, that you will not look at significant giving based on solely how many zeros are at the end of a check, but that you look at it from, the, from, from what you're giving from your heart. From, I mean, from the, from the, I mean how, how does that look in God's eyes? Are you, are, listen, are, you, you could be in here, and let me tell you something. This, this is serious. You could be in here, and you could be writing checks every week, and that doesn't make you a significant giver, and I hate to even say that. Because I don't want to discourage you in your giving. But if your heart is not connected to your giving, it's not significant. If it's just something that's just, if, if it's not connected, it's insignificant, right? Because God is like, look, you know what? You could be given much more. You could be given double than what you're giving. And then for others of you, I mean, you're just right where you're at. You are sacrificing. And it is hard. And I want you to know that it may not be the biggest amount, but you know what? God sees that. The issue is, are you committed to being a significant giver? That's the question. And if not, the only reason that I can see why someone would not be committed to being a significant giver is because they don't understand the gospel. They don't understand what Jesus has done for them. They don't really get the sacrifice that was made for them. Because the only reason why you would remain greedy is because you really don't understand it. And listen, I don't, I don't throw stones from a glass house. I used to be like that. I used to be that guy. I would be like, oh, man, I don't make that much money. I can't give. Straight up. Like I gave once in a while. I was that guy. Well, I'm feeling it today, so I'm going to give. Nowhere, nowhere does the Bible say give when you feel it. That's not what the Bible says. As a matter of fact, the Bible condemns that kind of giving. It tells us don't give out of compulsion. In other words, don't give just because you're feeling it. I know, I know. But listen, let's go into 2018 with a commitment to being significant givers. Amen? Givers of our, of our finances, I mean, sit down. I pray that you sit down and that you budget like you've never budgeted and that you just become the most extravagant givers that you can be and that we can give of our time, that we can give of our talent, that we'll, listen, don't just budget your money. Please do that. Budget your time. Hello, somebody. Sit down. Look at the things that need to be cut out of your life because you know what? If you're going to be a significant giver with your time, that may mean you can't watch as much TV. Hello. I know. It may mean you can't watch your favorite program. Hello. It may mean you might be a couple seasons behind because you can't sit down and just, you know, whatever. You, you, you just can't, you can't do it. It may, it may, binge watch. There you go. That was the word I was looking for. Thank you. Appreciate that. Can't do that, right? If you're going to be a person that's going to give of your talent the way that God wants you, it may mean you can't do the things that you want to do, but you may have to do things the way God says. That's it. So sit down, budget your life because your life belongs to him. Amen? Come on, stand on your feet. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you this, this day, and we thank you so much for the abundance of your grace and mercy that you show us every day. And Lord, this morning, I just pray for my brothers. I pray for my sisters. I pray that we would be a church of extravagant giving, 
that we would be a church that is significant in our giving, that we would be, as individuals, significant givers. God, that we would look at everything that you have entrusted us in our life, our time, our talent, our treasure, as we've spoken about, that we can look at the example in this widow, and that we would not look so much at our lack, but that we would look as she did at what you had provided, and that we would look to the fact that you are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. Lord, engrave that in our hearts in this year, that you are our provider. And let us, Lord, liberate us from greed, liberate us from selfishness, liberate us from the fears that keep us from giving unto you, God. Father, give us wisdom in our stewardship of our finances. Give us wisdom in our stewardship of our time. Give us wisdom in our stewardship of our talents. And let us recognize that everything that we call ours is yours. Everything that we have is because you have given it to us first. Above all, let us be givers, God, that give because we have received grace from a great and loving Father. We pray this all in Jesus' good name. And everyone said, amen. Come on and give the Lord a hand of praise.